Hey guys, Jackie Hearn here. We're back for the mid-season finale of season five of The Walking Dead. I'm drinking uh, vodka and raspberry ginger ale. Ugh. Hey guys, what's up? I'm Ryan Alcott, and I'm once again drinking some Miller Lite. Pound it, yo. Cheers. Ryan, did you by chance catch any of that, any of those uh, sneak peeks from for next half season? Half season? Not like with that I can Morgan. Yes, with Morgan. I okay. do remember that. And there's yeah. a whole other trailer of the group. Little quick cuts. So you did not catch that. No, all I I think all I saw was Morgan finding the church. Okay. It was the only one that I've okay. seen. All right, well, then we, we can cover that on Friday. So the episode that, that we just saw, you know, what, what, what I thought we would do is just talk about what, what, what were the five, three to five top scenes that really affected us the most. I loved this episode. and You I liked this episode. I, I will say no, I did not like this episode. Worst episode of the season. Cheers. All right, so Worst Ryan, episode of the season. Tell me why, and then also then you can start into what your first sure. uh, most favorite scene was, and then I'll do mine and we'll go back and forth. You know, this mid-season finale is supposed to be so climactic, just so awesome, and the it next was. thing we know, pretty much nothing happens. There's not an epic battle. There's not like a big bad guy that they face and you know, defeat or anything like that. There were a few climactic points, but in the whole, I, I really was just unimpressed with it. I, I really was not happy at all. I guess uh, this is one of my favorite scenes. It was uh, basically right at the beginning where you see the boots of someone running after basically you're assuming that it's uh, Lamson. Yes. And you're, I, I honestly was not sure if it was Sasha or if it was Rick. Turns out it was Rick. Yeah, And then, of course, he chases him in the squad car, tells him to stop, basically gives him one final warning, and then runs his fucking ass over. And then not only that, does Rick shoot him in the fucking head? Holy shit, Jackie Hearn, take it away! Oh, but he... Not only does he chase the guy down, he gets in the cop car. He goes back to Sheriff Deputy Rick, gets in that car, uses the, the, the speaker, and says, Stop. He hits that dude, Lanson. The guy goes flying in the air, and then he gets out, and he's like, I think you broke my spine. And then when you hear that, you're like, oh, shit. Broken spine? That's not good for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> so, <laughs> however, they do have the hospital nearby. And so, you know, right. the cop is kind of thinking in a whole different mindset than these, uh, you know, are the group that we know. But what I love is that he says, please, please, I'm sorry. And, he's, and Rick's like, all you had to do, all you had to do was stop. I asked you to stop. You know, he does that head tilting thing. Yeah, he's like, I just asked you to stop. You didn't stop. Just, now you're fucked up. We can't didn't, fix you. Oh, and he says it didn't have to be like this because, you know, um, our buddy, um, action figure Tyrese. Oh, hey, Tyrese, what's going on? I didn't realize you were around right now. It, it, didn't, it didn't have to be like that. You don't think so, Tyrese? No. Well, no, all right, I, then. I'm, I'm glad I didn't see it. Well, that's that's a good thing. You're a good boy, Tyrese. <laughs> so, anyways, um, but at that point, he's like begging him, "Please don't kill me. Please send me back." And then right. he says, "You can't go back, Bob." Boom. 
Because that, because that's what Garrett, and that's what the guy at, at Terminus said to the Terminus other Garrett Bob. He's like, you can't Bob. go back, Bob. In the very first episode, when they were all lined up against Absolutely. that like, thing with their heads, and he's like, "No, wait, we've got a guy. He has a cure. We can save all of this." And he's like, "You can't go back, Bob." And then the best part is that, he, and he's like, "No, you can't shoot me. You're all gonna die." And then Rick poof, shoots him, and he says, "Shut up." And then we have like nothing, you know. I mean, like Rick is like, holy shit! I mean, so, I really can't believe that he did that. This was my number one favorite scene of the entire show. I and agree. I agree. When when the show started and I saw this, I I think I tweeted out through our walking drunks. I was like, oh shit, son, because I it just felt like it was going to move quickly, and I was so excited because the first episode of this entire season moved so quickly, like you didn't have time to like buckle up or anything, like it just and I and I love that Rick made that decision because that was the decision I think that I don't know that we put it in our podcast last week because we recorded for like two hours. <laughs> We had so much to say. Yeah, yeah, we On did. a shitty filler show, we had so much to say. I really wanted them to take Rick's advice. I wanted them all to just shut up, just take Rick's advice, go into that hospital, knock people out, and get Beth and uh, Carol. And, you know, I just felt like this whole hostage thing, honestly, the whole hostage thing really just paralleled way too much of the season four mid-season finale. Because if you remember, the season four mid-season finale, uh, the governor... Oh, God, please, I can't... If, if, if there ever comes a day, I don't have to say his name again. Um, <laughs> the governor had Herschel and Michonne held captive right. as hostages. Right. He brought them up, and that's when he whacked off Herschel's head. But but they were trying to kind of negotiate, and it was Rick that was saying, this doesn't have to happen this way. You know, we can, we can make this work out. Like, nobody, everybody here right now is alive. Nothing, because I went back and watched that. I, I did say this last week, and I cut it out, but I, I what I love about this now and why, what I'm liking about the show is that Rick is totally breaking bad. He's gone bad. Absolutely. It's like, he's a cold-hearted snake. I'm running out of patience with the show when they make decisions where it's, oh, of course you're going to save that person and not kill them because it's just going to cause conflict later. And, you know, I just, I don't want to predict or see something happen just because they didn't, you know, I'd rather, uh, I think that's why I loved that scene and I think it was the best scene. The whole, uh, like, juxtaposition between uh, Rick running down the street and then uh, Lanson with his hands behind his back trying to scrape the thing and then Rick mm -hmm. running and then scraping the thing and then going back and forth. I, I mean, it was just like heading up to this peak and it was perfect. It was a perfect way to start the show. The show. But my thing is this. How did Rick know how to stay back? Or to hang back a little bit in order to catch Lamson running. Like how they had already left at that point. So how does Rick know to stay back and think this guy's gonna escape? Like how did Rick know that he escaped? That's a good question. I and just I think we may see this in like a flashback type thing. Mm. Because at the time, you know. Well, we course, don't see any of it. All we see is Sasha knocked out, and then we and the next right. thing we know is Rick is after this dude. But from the time that they left... And we never the see them bringing that, Sasha back. Right. From the time that they left, from the time that Sasha got knocked out, was a 
significant amount of time. I mean, not much, but enough to say, like, everyone else had left. You only see Rick. Why is Rick just there alone? Was he anticipating that Lamson was going to get free? Or I, I, I just really don't know, and I'd like to see a little bit of backstory on that one. Well, so any other thoughts on this first p- opening part, or should I go ahead and go into my sort of... Go ahead and scene? move it on, baby. Okay, that was my number one favorite scene, and you got called it, but I will right go on. to my number two, and I think my number two obviously was the scene where they're walking out with Beth after um, having tried to negotiate that deal, and, you know, I it wasn't so much the, the inside that hallway in the hospital... But for me, it was the scene where they're walking out with Beth. And I think that the reason is, you know, obviously Maggie. Focusing on Maggie and then them cutting back and forth to her. She's walking Mm -hmm. in. They're all walking in. They've got their guns set. Michonne's fucking knocking out zombies and so is uh, Glenn. And then they get to that point where they see Rick walk out. And then you can see them kind of lower their guns, and they get this smile on their face. Right. And Rick kind of, like, slowly shakes his head no. And then, you know, you see, and then they, they, they focus on Maggie. And it's with Maggie that you see that's when they notice or they know that, that Beth is dead. And mm-hmm. because you can see her face just totally change. And she just drops the gun to the ground. And then you see Daryl... Uh, carrying Beth, and then finally she falls to the ground and Glenn grabs her. You know, like, when I first saw it, it wasn't as emotional to me. But this morning, when I went back to do my second viewing and make my notes, you know, and I was trying to go, you know, stop it and then write notes and write up things, Mm -hmm. I was bawling. I could not stop crying. Yeah, that was a hard scene to watch. It really was. And so I had a question to myself as to why did I cry? And, you know, I think that what made me cry was not so much that this main character died and somebody was reacting, but I think what made me cry was this complete transformation of these people. You know, all these humans, human relationships and the mindset that they have when facing a crisis together. And the only thing, you know, obviously I don't want to be in a zombie apocalypse ever. I don't Oh, I want... do. I'm ready. <laughs> Bring it on, motherfuckers. I'm ready. Well, you got the weapons, I don't. Um, of course. Um, but I kind of almost envy this group in a way because they have this kind of society and this relationship with each other that we don't have today, and a lot of it has to do with just social media. Like, we, there's a lot of us that are friends and we know each other really well, but we've never really met. You know, but then mm-hmm. you know you get you get the, you get in this situ- this crisis situation, and when you're in that situation, you you that's when you really find out that human beings are good people. You know, in general, you can kind of count on someone to give you a hand in those situations, and so that's what's happened with this group is that you know yes they may not trust now outsiders, but. Mm-hmm. God, they will go to the ends of the earth to protect each other, and it's just such a—it's—it's it's such a fe- feeling that you won't have. And the only thing I can compare it to in my lifetime is, you know, after nine eleven, I there were there after nine eleven happened, there were weeks, uh, you know, maybe a few months where the United States had the sympathy of the entire world. 
because of the tragedy that that you know everybody was going through and the shock and and the horror you know then of course when the United States decided they were going to like you know retaliate and whatever and and start coding things different colors and all that like things right. became a little bit different but you know I I just think I just think that that's what I I was I searched really deep to find what it was that was making me cry and bawl and I think it was that it was that here's this group of people that felt so tightly and close together and then you know, it wasn't so much Maggie losing her sister as it was this group losing, you know, one of their own that, you know, because if they keep losing people who, who I mean, yes, they picked up Noah, yes, they picked up uh, Father Gabriel, you know, they're, they're not going to pick up too many more people. No. Yeah, that was a really heart-wrenching scene for me to see. And then especially once I read an interview with Norman Reedus, um, apparently they did several takes of it, as of course, uh, you know, will happen when you're doing a show. Sure, sure. And apparently, uh, one time he touched Emily Kinney's boob. And why am I not touching Emily Kinney's boob? And I'm just going to say this. Well, I'm not, but I'm just going to say this right now. Hey, Emily Kinney, what's up? I'm Ryan Alcott. <sighs> Thank you and have a great day and an awesome day. Christmas. Shishisha. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was interesting that that article, uh, and we'll put that in our show notes of Norman describing having to carry her out, and she had to be mm. completely dead weight. And he said she, she's like she's not in any way a heavy woman, but yeah. you know, trying to carry her when she's dead weight, uh, it's it's a lot harder. And he said he he was afraid Definitely he was going to drop her a couple of times, but um, yeah. And then, he, and then, of course, he has to act as if he's so emotionally drained, you know. And yeah, that that was that. I, I bet that was hard. The other scene, the other part I liked about that scene was everybody except Eugene, who was asleep in the truck, was there. And in the far corner, you could see Father Gabriel. Because the first time around, I thought, well, did they leave Gabriel at the church? Oh wait, no, I don't think I saw this. So interesting. Yeah, he was. He, he was there, and if you go back to the scenes where Michonne is like knocking out the walkers as they walk in, mm -hmm. you know, through those gates, uh, yeah. you'll you'll see him behind Michonne, okay. you know, watching Michonne, and it's almost as if he's kind of learning from her. And what I like is that he has he has a mach he has the machete. Oh, he still has the machete. He still has the machete. Okay. He took that machete with him out of the church. Uh, what I like is that he's going to become the machete guy. And we're going to see this preacher, minister, father, whatever you, you know, uh, this man of God. He yeah. is now, he's sold on the idea that, that these this group is right, that he's going to have to learn how to protect himself. So I mm -hmm. I, I wonder So how you're basically saying that he's going to turn into a stone-cold zombie killer. Not stone-cold, but the transition well, of what he is yeah. right now into what he will become. Right. I, I think that that will be kind of an interesting, you know, twist on this show. You know, it's going to be show? something that we're going to wa we're going to enjoy watching in the next half season is what Gabriel goes through. You know, because he's going because he's got that machete, he's carrying it. He's he got a machete. He maybe and and you know the the funny thing is like when they came in to greet the group that had returned the hostages. You know, and it was the Abraham, Maggie, Glenn, Michonne, 
Carl. They, you could see how they flanked um, Abraham. Abraham did take the lead, and he was flanked by Michonne and Glenn. And when I when I personally thought that either Michonne or Glenn were better warriors, and of all of them, I think Michonne is the most kick-ass warrior. Oh, for sure, but, definitely, without yeah. a doubt. I don't I don't think there's any question there. She's badass. So do you have a number two or a number th- I do have a number two. Okay. My number two, I think, would be when they rolled Carol in the wheelchair out mm. to Rick and the rest of the group. Did, I thought didn't they just kind of like push her? Awesome. Like, yeah, I thought that was a real <laughs> awesome scene. It was very rewarding to know that, okay, now Carol is back with the group. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. So you were surprised that she made it? Actually, yeah, I was, because I was thinking she was going to die and Beth was not. But at the same time, when they wheeled her over, I'm like, okay, Carol's safe. Yeah. This is a good thing. I'm happy for this. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about that scene so much. Although, I will say that I think that it made me question or come up with a question for you guys uh, and for our listeners. And if you're listening or you're watching, I know there's a few of you watching, go ahead and put in the uh, Q&A and tell us at what point... Did you think the decision was made that that Dawn was was where, where do you think that turning point was that uh, that Beth was going to not leave that building? Do you think that there was a turning point? Do you think that Dawn changed her mind in any kind of way? You know, and so so while we're waiting for that, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. fucking walkie-talkies. They had walkie-talkies. Did you notice that where um, uh, Tyrese was talking to Rick and said? You know, you know, we're ready or whatever, and or uh-huh. they're a couple minutes out. Sure. You know, uh, why haven't they been? Do they take these walkie-talkies from the cops that they kidnapped? That's, that's a the good only question. Thing I can think of because where did these walkie, where did these walkie-talkies come from, and why haven't they been using them all along? Unless they're the original ones that Rick had, which I doubt he still has. That's so, that's a very good question. I would have to rewatch it. To I only thought he had one. And he gave the right. other one to Morgan. And then the other Correct. thing is, like, why wouldn't one of the other group members have it when they escaped from the prison and they spent, you know, that whole half season separated? Mm-hmm. You know, I just to me, it doesn't make any sense. And they escaped from Terminus. What, did they pick up their walkie-talk? You know, so... Well, unless... I think I'm going to say that they nabbed them from the cops that they... Uh... Kidnapped. And they try- changed the channel to another frequency or something. Most likely, yes. Yeah. Because otherwise they would have known what was going on, right? Exactly. Yeah, usually in those, um, even in the newer ones um, that use the digital network, you can still change um, what channel you're on, special event one, special event two, you know, main dispatch, all that kind of stuff. Um, I've used those type of... Uh, walkie-talkies before at work uh, when I used to work for the sheriff's department and there were those things so you could just be like okay just switch everything over to special event too and that's where we'll do our uh, our raid from. By the way um, so I went over to our Q&A to see what questions we might or responses we might have to that whole. I've just seen the one uh, we, get, we got Greg Vondra I mm-hmm. guess you are the one who did post on our um, iTunes. And by the way, we are extending the contest again uh, to Thursday night, 11.59. Oh, shit, 
Because we only got two comments, and you were one of them. However, that means that... Okay, but the, but your grandfathered in, so you're going to sure, get a sure, gift. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you're going to get one of these gifts. We're going to send it to you, and I think the other one might have been Carl. Um, I won't say the last name, but he sent me his contact earlier today through okay. email. So, Greg, cool. if you were watching still, please email us at walkingdrunks at gmail .com and let me know what email. Uh, mailing address you would like us to send stuff to you and we're going to send you some AMC official Walking Dead material so thank you so much and Ryan when are we going to see that shower cry because I imagine you've already heard uh, a few well I you know sometimes in the morning I do have a shower cry because I'm a I little a bit upset cry. with what I've done the night before and who I wake up next to um, <laughs> however filming it is a different issue so uh, it'll be coming up soon. I'm definitely going to say before the end of this year. I'll have no, it. no, no. You gotta do it. You gotta do it before. You gotta do it without the conclusion of our show. I think because nobody's okay. gonna be checking back and nobody's gonna see it. So you so know, you and think I need to do it before like yeah. this week or something. I, I think you need to do it by Friday, our last show. By Friday. So okay, yeah, okay so, but but here's the thing is I don't think you need to necessarily do a video. Uh, like, oh, I uh, no no, it has to be a video because that's what. Yeah, what I about started. a vine? Just do it like a quick little vine, like if you in the shower, like put it, you can get it right up to your face and just go. <laughs> Beth, oh. oh, maybe if I put my phone in like a Ziploc bag, maybe that would work. <laughs> yeah, I can try that. Yeah, sure. Greg, you're Let's awesome. See I see happens. in chat you said you guys are awesome. No, you're awesome, and thank you so much. Yes, for thank you, posting. Greg. We love you, sir. I don't know if we're going to be doing the contests again, but I definitely, you know, I bought a bunch of stuff, and I thought, like, you know, if I said there were so many X amount of prizes that we would have at least X amount of reviews. That was very naive of me, um, and that's fine. And, you know, and, and next time around we're not going to be pushing you know, getting us posted and all that crap because, you know, we just wanted we just wanted to start off being somewhere visible on the iTunes page and it's just so we can kind of sit back and just enjoy ourselves from this point forward. So uh, so thank you so much, Greg. Thank you, Carl. Um, and to anybody else who might want to just leave us a review. Thanks, <laughs> motherfuckers! You got until Thursday, 11.59 Pacific, December 4th. So there's that. Okay, so going back to that, I don't see any comments about where they thought the point was where you knew that there was no turning back and that that the, that Beth's fate was sealed. Uh, Ryan, did you, in that exchange, in that hallway, was mm -hmm. there at any point where you thought Beth was safe and then she was not safe? Where do you think that changed? Um... No, because unfortunately the night before I was not feeling well and I fell asleep and I woke up at like 3 a.m. Oh. to a rerun of The Talking Dead where no. I learned that Beth died. So when I watched the episode, I went into it knowing that Beth died. That sucks. But the point that I thought that I didn't notice the first time around, um, and I think that that point might have been when I think that Dawn was ready to let Beth go completely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and, she, and and it was when when she said, you know, I'm glad we can come to an agreement, and Rick turns around and says, you know, yes, of course, you know, like we came to an agreement. We're going to go on our way. You're going to go on yours. And then Beth 
or no, Dawn, and I I would like to, oh gosh, I don't have it saved in the right place, but um, here's a screen cap, and for your audio, the audio listeners, what I'm going to show you is that point where Dawn says, okay, yes, she agrees with, mm-hmm. um, she agrees with Rick, yep, glad, great to do it, to have done business with you, you know, and then there's that point that her eyes kind of move to the side, and she's almost kind of looking back at these cops that she is completely paranoid about and thinks that they don't respect her or trust her. Correct. And that's when she says, well, we need Noah. And she, right. she, it was that point that sealed Beth's fate. It was that point where, she, I mean, she could have let them go. And the woman behind her, uh, who was a former hostage, she said, you know, uh, you know, wait a minute, we don't have to. And she said, shut up. And, you know, she went back in and said, no, we, we have to have Noah. Uh, Beth mm-hmm. was our warden, and now we need, so we at least need uh, Noah back. Noah to, to take her place, right. Um, but at the I, same time, um, I pretty much knew what was going to happen when I saw Beth take the scissors and stuff them into her little cast. Or did you? Because, you know, the, the, the oh, here's the other thing, the other possible part that I was hoping somebody else would say is the point where Beth goes up and she hugs Noah and says, wait a minute, no! And then uh, Dawn says, I knew you'd, you'd be back. And then you can see Beth's face go, wait a minute. You've been saying this all along because she was arguing with uh, Dawn the entire time saying, no, he's not. He's going to go see his family. He's not coming back here. He doesn't need you. Yep. So was it that point or was it the point where Dawn thought, i got to put on a big show? Well, unfortunately, I knew that Beth was going to die. And I'd already seen her shove those scissors in her cast. And uh, and this is going to be my third favorite slash least favorite scene. Okay. Um, is when Beth actually takes the scissors and stabs Dawn. But god damn it, if she didn't just jab it into her chest, she didn't get her jugular, she didn't do nothing. Beth did not kill Dawn. No. And she didn't hurt her. Kissed me exactly. It was a fucking just. Oh, it was right in her shoulder. It was nothing. And then Beth dies for nothing. And, and, and I, I believe, am pissed. I, I believe because she died for nothing. And I be- I'm pissed. I know. I know, sir. I know. Because and I bu- she did not kill Don. Of course, no. Norman Reedus, uh, Daryl, he pops up. Bam. Taps Don right in the head. But goddammit, if... I, I mean, believe I believe Don's reaction hmm. when... Beth stabbed her, and Dawn just shot her, and then, like, immediately, and then kind of looked over like, wait, wait, no, I didn't mean to kill her. I didn't mean to kill her. And I was just like, you know, I mean, we were all so angry. Yeah, I was so pissed at that, because basically her death now meant nothing. She didn't didn't go out saving someone. She didn't go out killing anyone. Total waste. And, and it was a total waste, and it really, really pissed me off. I agree. I mean, because if you, the only other major death that I can compare it to that like really upset me, and it's probably just because of our community. Um, for those of you who don't know about Diamond Club, you'll learn more about it. Um, but we absolutely love uh, Michael Rooker, 
Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, Michael Rooker died a, a, a terrible, terrible way. And that was the other, other very... Uh, On, but no, but he went out doing good. Yes, that's what I was, gonna, I was getting at. But he went out doing good. Exactly. Beth he had a purpose. went out he had a stabbing purpose. someone in the shoulder. Yes. Pair of scissors, Hers. which is like nothing. Exactly. I mean, maybe if you're not in a hospital, yes, that's something you can get infected. You could die from that. Blah, 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 blah. But in the fucking shoulder... And it, it was nothing. It was worthless, and her death meant nothing. And uh, it, it just really, ah, just really fucking shook me. That's exactly my point. Was that uh, at least with Rooker, as tragic and as horrible as it was, uh, at least he went out for cause. For a cause. You know, because exactly. he went in, he turned that uh, heavy metal music up really loud, and he drove Hell, that car yeah. in, and, you know, I mean, he, he went out for a reason. I think it was the extra scenes from The Talking Dead where they interviewed um, Emily, and they asked her, didn't you ever want to be a walker? And she said, mm -hmm. yes, in the beginning, I really wanted to be a walker. And she said, but after being, you know, at some point, she said she wanted the whole experience. And she said that, um, you know, but at some point, you know, she'd seen so many other people being dressed up as walkers. And, and so it wasn't as important for her. She said also she realized at the very end that her, because of her character, if she had turned into a walker, it would have upset people far more. And then I started thinking, I was like, well, then that would have been great. You know, I mean, I think that that's kind of the whole point of the show is to shock everyone. Of course. And... Uh, it, it has to. I mean, we we can't have this show be good and not shock people with deaths and, yep. uh, you know, uh, character losses. Because otherwise it's not a good show, honestly. Right, right. You know, as, as sad as I am to lose Beth, yeah. it... it, it made me feel something. A show that makes me feel something is a show that I want to watch. Would you have felt better if you had seen, with you knowing Beth had to die, mm -hmm. and maybe even Carol dying, because that was the big, uh, the other person that everyone thought was going to die. Sure. Yep. That, you, and that's who I thought was going to go. Would you, would you have enjoyed the show better if at the very end we found them as walkers? Like both Carol and Beth as walkers. Because you could you because because to me could you imagine seeing at least one or two of the main characters come out and attack them as walkers like how traumatic would that, I mean no I I think that would be way 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 worse too much too much to kill her straight blunt shot straight through the head I feel like if you're gonna take out a main character like that you should go all the way. So uh, maybe, you're saying if we're going to take out a main character, they should not only die, but they should become a zombie? Is that what you're saying? It should be extremely shocking. It should be very mm -hmm. traumatic. Um, no, I agree, yeah. And it, 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 it was traumatic. It was shocking. It was. But it at the same was. time, like I said, she died for nothing, honestly. She, she died for nothing. She didn't do anything before she died. She didn't well, help she, anyone. She didn't save anyone. She didn't. She, the only thing know, she did was she stood up for up uh, for. Um, she stood up for herself, which for no, I guess no, counts for, no, for something. For Noah, right. she she was out, and it, it was Noah that she was standing up for. And then it was that point where Dawn said, 
I knew you'd be back. And she and, and it was kind mm-hmm. of like a, a vengeance like thing or or sure. something where But she I, still screwed it up. She didn't she didn't do it. Yeah, and I mean cause they could have they, they could have left the building regrouped, come back, taken out the whole thing and gotten Noah out if right. they really wanted to. Now yeah. let me just say this. Had Beth gotten Dawn in the jugular, basically, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. in, in the neck, uh, basically a kill with with the scissors, I probably I'm not I'm not gonna say I would be okay with her dying, but her dying would mean a lot more to me than if she had just wounded Dawn and all she did was wound Dawn. Right, and so, and, so like, even though uh, Daryl took her out immediately, right, like, that that wasn't enough, right? No, that that's not enough. I mean, it, if she had gone out, it had to be doing tough. something, but she totally died doing nothing, and it it was okay. just bullshit. I just I it really, I, really pissed me off. I understand. So from here on, I I had favorite ideas and least favorite things like mm-hmm. least favorite i really didn't care for the sasha tyrese discussions and all okay. that. you know i wasn't interested although one of my favorite parts was when rick is talking to the two cops about setting up um the hostage agreement out on that parking garage top level one of the cops says where are your people and then at that point, a walker walks up behind him. Oh, him. that was awesome. And Sasha They're shoots around. Him. And he says, they're close. Yeah, he's like, I can't remember. <laughs> they're they're like, around or they're shit. close. He's oh, like, shit. they're close. <laughs> yeah, so that was yeah. another favorite so part of So they knew. They're like, we better not fuck around here. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was great. And the other part was when... Michonne and Carl and Gabriel are standing outside. And Gabriel, this is some. This was actually another thread line that I actually really liked was Gabriel's transition that we haven't talked about, but we don't have to. Um, it was when you know he says basically I had to see for myself, and then all of a sudden the church doors start shaking and the walkers are reaching through, and um, at that point they they they're kind of like oh oh god and they, and and Carl says to Michonne. Where are we going to go? And Michonne's looking around, and all of a sudden, the fire truck shows up. Hell and, yes. Yeah. I was so happy. Sergeant about- Abraham to the rescue. Yes. yes, I think Sergeant Abraham redeems himself now because he's of back course. on board. He's ready. Now I like him. They really didn't even have to have a conversation with him. It was like, we're going back to the church. Of course. Yeah, I think that was – yeah. I think, I think you've just – fucking nailed it right there there was no conversation it was just like everyone got back in the bus and they knew where the fuck they were going yeah there, yeah. there was there wasn't even yeah. a conversation about yeah. it it's like mm-hmm. we're going back to the fucking church mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you nailed it jackie hearn <laughs> god i love you <laughs> shut up um so so that 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 was my other uh, other moments that were great but they weren't like great scenes so much um, you know, we we can talk about the Abraham or the uh, Gabriel thing if you have anything to add. But I, I mean, there was I nothing don't. really. I mean, I noticed that he pulled out the Bible, but we talked about that in predictions. And you know, the thing with the Bible is, I looked at it and I studied the page. Uh, the page numbers matched up, <clears throat> but the the uh, the chapters and it was the Chronicles that he was looking at, 
and mm-hmm. th- th- it seemed like there was a big chunk missing, like chapters 8 through 11 were missing, um, and it had something to do with the offerings of Solomon and the um, Rehoboam was made king. I, I, the, I'm, the Hoboam? Yeah. I'm the Hoboam. Well, I, my apologies. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to insult. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know that Bible. I, I don't either. And I, okay. I and, went to a Catholic high school, but yeah, I don't know uh, what you're talking about. But I do know the it, hobo hum is home. But it also looks. You want to buy me some liquor? Home. And it looks like the pages you were. Got any spare change? Home. <laughs> Can I have a dollar? Home. So it looked like it looked like the pages were torn out. Um, okay. If you look yeah. at it, but if you look at if you look at the screenshot, the page numbering matches up, but the, the chapters don't. So I I don't know I don't know if that was like just something they didn't catch when they record, you know. But you know because he kind of flips through and he finds that page that is most open, but it looks like that was the part that they ripped out, and um, it had to do with. Um, this guy who was keen and he had multiple wives and which one he liked the most or something and I don't know um, so I, I just I, I didn't think it matched up in any kind of way um, and I was just like this is the last time I go searching because they, like this show has a lot of biblical references not just because of, of course, Gabriel yeah. but like the whole like you know Armageddon kind of thing feeling uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of that, and I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all pretty much foretold in the Book of Revelations, where they say the dead will rise. Yeah, but you know, I mean, basically. I'm a little tired of trying to match it up, you mm. know, because I just yeah, don't think... Yeah, and I did the same thing, like, there's all those hymns yeah. and all the scriptures in the church, and I was like, oh, man, I could sit there and look those up and see what they actually mean, but honestly, I just really didn't give a fuck, and I didn't... Take and, the time to do and it. And I mean, like, even this, even the episode, I can't remember exactly which one it was. I think it might have been self-help. Yeah, I think it was self-help, maybe, where they're they're in the van in the very be- the bus in the very beginning. They're listening mm-hmm. to these church um, songs, and I looked up those church songs, and it had to do with talking to Jesus about the work I've done, and you don't know the work I've done to get where I am. And mm-hmm. the only person who really seemed to be digging it was Abraham, and it made sense to me that, like, Abraham, because the whole episode was really about Abraham, because he had all that backstory, like, I've done a lot of work to get where we are, and he was, and then later, even after the bus blew up, he was humming it later, and, and I had a note to myself, I was like, where's this music coming from? They're not listening to the radio, and then I thought, oh, well, there's a cassette tape in the church sure, bus. Sure, sure, yeah. Yep. So there's all that God, stuff. God, I miss those cassette tapes. What are those things anyways? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, man, I remember having a cassette player in my car in high school, man. I played every Metallica and Megadeth album you could ever imagine through that son of a bitch. You mean, you mean, you mean those discs like, um, like, oh, wait, yeah, like, like, say, like, on here, I got this Mr. Show. No, no discs. They were cassette tapes. No, but, I mean, like, didn't all music come on a disc? And it was like this Mr. Show with Bob uh, and David? No, it was actually a, a little thing with two little spools. and. Uh, uh, Mr. Yeah. Show Season 1 with Bob Odenkirk and 
And David, and you said you know, you're gonna send me that, but I still have yet to. Receive. I I will I'll send it to you for Christmas. Right? I'll buy it. No, I like I either that or I'm gonna put it on my Christmas. Well, Christmas. you know what? And so for those of you who may or may not be mis uh, uh, friendly with Mr. Show with Bob David, I'm also starting another podcast. And some people have said to me on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, hopefully with me. <coughs> anyway. Yeah. Oh no, you you were welcome. And and some people have said to me on 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 Twitter that I'm insane, and I was like, well, yes. And number two, I have no life. I mean, who isn't? And number three, I love Bob Odenkirk and David Cross, and I would not be the person I am today without their comedy. Um, I would not be Chat Realm. I would not be in this part of Diamond Club if it weren't for the relation that the connection that I I, I draw between the two. But I, if you if you if you want. To listen to more of my nonsense, I'm going to start a podcast, and it's going to be called Lawyer Up. So you can follow me at Lawyer Up Podcast on Twitter. I've got the website. I don't have anything up yet, uh, but I'm working on it. I just started it this week, and I'm so excited. And I know everything about Bob Odenkirk, and uh, you know, and and I love Breaking Bad. Um, so, anyways. I, I'm so right sorry. on. Hey, I tell you what, Jackie Hearn, that is awesome, and I tell you what, I would love to be a part of that podcast. So hopefully, then you are a part. Of I it. will be a part of that podcast. You are a part of it. And if anybody so, wants to add anything, please add something to it. Yes. All right. So Check thank you for Twitter feed, everyone. Thank I you may for... also be doing the Better Call Saul podcast Better... with Jackie Hearn, it's which is be... titled "Lawyer Up." Lawyer Up podcast. And it'll be on iTunes very shortly. And so, we'll even have a phone number that you can oh, call in, and you can tell us your legal problems. Oh, we are. And I'll tell you what, God are. damn it, we'll solve them legal problems on the we've, air. We've gotten some great artwork by Sebastian Gonzalez, who created absolutely. The um, and he and our phone number is already on it. He created an ad that looks like a lawyer ad. Um, and and the area code that for our podcast is Albuquerque, and I won't go into oh, that. Oh, that is so awesome! I didn't even know that. Oh fuck yeah! And oh yes. I it all out, and so anyways. You are the best. All right, so that's enough. That was my one plug for the the show. Ryan, last question to you about this whole thing with uh, Beth. Um, sure. Did you? Was there at any point that you thought that Beth might die? Um, because some people were uh, pointing out to the season four. Of course, episodes. it was the point I thought Beth would die. I woke up like I wasn't feeling good <laughs> Sunday night, and I woke up at 3 a.m. on Monday morning to a repeat of Talking Dead, and I heard, "Oh, Beth died," and I'm like, "Well, fuck me, three ways Sunday." I'm glad I was sick and missed the whole fucking show. So yeah, Jackie, I knew she was gonna die. Okay, so season four, episode twelve. It was the episode title still, and it was the one where Daryl and uh, Beth were together, and they went through that right. like golf course, country club thing, and Beth mm -hmm. got the shirt that she died in because <laughs> she got this new shirt and she was so excited about it, and then all of a sudden she had to kill a walker and she got blood all over it. And as you see in the last episode that she seen she's in, she put that shirt back on because that was the shirt she was well, wearing. Well, at least it had been cleaned, though, from the hospital. No, it had not been cleaned. Oh, it hadn't? No, they gave her her dirty clothes mm. back. 
Interesting. I know, it was really sad. Uh, I'll but have she to says, check that out on another watch. That's but cool. during that episode, she says, you're going to miss me so bad when I'm gone, Daryl Dixon. Aww. Do you remember that? I don't, but I would love to. Because, I mean, I mean, I haven't heard that. All I've heard was like, Ryan, you're going to miss me so much when I'm gone, baby. I love you. <laughs> Ryan, I still have various issues with the show. Like, say, for example... I've been thinking a lot about it, and I was thinking, but I was thinking about Beth's clothes, and I actually been thinking a lot about Rick's clothes. And oh my God, I want to talk predictions next season based off of that. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about clothes myself, and I'm like, okay, how far can these people's clothes go yes. before they just start rotting away? I mean, right. you're gonna get holes in your clothes. Yes. And you know, there's no replacement. And how are these clothes? holding the fuck up because if they are I want to know where to buy them because these are good fucking clothes true no you're absolutely right like I mean I I buy something and then like in a couple months I have holes I'm like what do I have fucking silverfish or something like what happened what I'm wondering is you know I mean I know they can always like break into a store somewhere and steal clothes but at what point will there no be no more clothes like, is it and at be... what point will Rick's belt, like, I mean, it's a leather belt. When the hell is it going to wear out where he's right. carrying his Colt Python? I mean, it, you know, there's only – it can all only last so long. They all got leather belts pretty much. Like, right. shown as once you strapped onto the church door. Even your, even your pants, no matter what type of yes. pants you're wearing, if you're kneeling down a lot. They're going to fucking fall down. You're going to have the, fucking plumber butt. Yeah, the knees are going to – well, you're going to have plumber butt, but not only plumber butt, but your knees are going to get worn down. I'm just kneeling down. You yeah, know? you're going to be all heavy metal. In this you're going to lose your knees, Yeah. So I'm I'm just kind of like I was imagining in my head what what po- at what point do they all um like lose their clothes? What I one thing I did lo- like about this episode was that final scene where their Daryl is walking Beth out of the hospital. You can see the concrete is cracking because that's exactly what will happen to pavement uh, if it's not taken care of and not repaved over and over and over mm-hmm. and. I love it. I love it. Like I love it. Like kind of almost as like an environmentalist that I love the fact that the earth is coming through and taking out the ground. And there's going to be very soon all of those pavement buildings and, and uh, roads are going to disappear. And uh, I really would love to this show, even if they have to flash forward. I would love mm-hmm. to flash forward twenty years where Judith is a crazy-ass woman who's a complete warrior and has learned all these skills from this community. But also, there are people who don't have clothes. There are people who don't even think about the kinds of shelter-type materials that we would think of now. I really want this show to end, this finally, at a point where it is so obscure that we couldn't even like comprehend it. You know what I mean? I mean, if it ends with, like, just Rick dying or Carl dying after Rick's already been dead or well, whatever. Well, what about this? I... What if the show ends with all of the main characters dying and then the screen goes black? Boom. The end. But there are other people that are around. Of course, but not 
I, I just, I our just, universe, like not from the viewer's perspective. Because because of the fact that they've been so good at making these buildings and the facilities and everything dilapidate as much as they have, I want to see that to the final extent of their imagination. I want them to take it to that point where these are people that are now, you know, 20, 30, 40 years into it. And mm-hmm. there's so few of them that they've got, you know, I, I, I don't know. And I'm crazy, yes. Right on. Cavemen with Dinosaurs coming right up right after this show. All right. Ryan Olcott, thank you so much. Where can people find you and what, what do you do? Sure. Hey, guys. I do lots of stuff, and I do pretty damn good. <laughs> you can find me on the Twitters at Rye Alcott. That's at R-Y-A-L-C-O-T-T on the Twitters. And you know what? Thanks. Is there any kind of one thing right now out there that you would like to plug? Maybe not your own? Uh, something that, that you're watching or enjoying? Um, that you have? I'll tell you what. Why don't you go to roundbarnwinery.com and get yourself some wine. If you're in a place where the wine can be shipped, we can't ship to every state, but if uh, we can ship to your state, orders of $100 or more get free shipping. So head on over to roundbarnwinery.com and choose your wine and have an adventure. And I'm Jackie Hearn. You can reach me at JackieHearn.com, at JackieHearn81 on Twitter, and then, of course, a Lawyer Up podcast. So follow me, please, at Lawyer Up Podcast on Twitter. Okay. That's right, Father Muckas. We'll see you next time. Can you do a Bill Cosby? Oh, zip, zip, zippity, boop. I didn't read nobody. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>